This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. I like the shirt. Thanks. I like the material. Yeah. It's like, it's nice. That's the one thing about the studio is we don't do anything that's crap. Right. Like, I won't. Like, we've had customers ask me, like, oh, I just want to do something cheap and everything like that. I'm like, well, you can call so-and-so down the road. Can I feel the outside of that cup real quick? You want to feel my cup? Yeah. See, those are, even those cups are really good. The, the other <laughs> I mean, I know those kinds of cups. They're, they yeah. feel really nice. The bottoms are really hard, and you could probably keep it there for a while, yep. and your coffee or your tea is not going to spill out, so... I had, to like te- I've I had, had to test you right there after. I've had the cheap no, ones. That. I've had coffee full of it, and the bottom just fucking falls out of the thing <laughs> and goes all over the place. In my truck, just fucking yeah. everywhere. Dunkin' yeah. Donuts recently changed their cups to all paper. I don't go to Starbucks. I go to really? They changed them all to this, like, high durable paper cup, which I love because it's, like, environmentally friendly, whatever, like, all this stuff like that. But it's not a piece of crap. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, like, a nice cup. You know, and why. I used to never get the small coffee because it was like this thin paper cup. Yeah, and I used to get a medium on purpose because it was like, well, I'd rather. I know it's not great for the environment, but I'll get the styrofoam one because that small cup is such a piece of garbage. You know what I mean? So I was like, all right, now they've upgraded all their cups, and I'm like, I can get the small now. Do both of you drink coffee? Yeah, mm-hmm. every day. You want to know why I can't drink coffee? Why, dude? I have to drink a little bit of an energy drink before charters and mm-hmm. stuff. If I drink coffee, like, I got to poop instantly, dude. <laughs> well, yeah. It's like clockwork yeah. every and, morning. And in my, in my line of work, like, that's the worst thing yeah, that ever happened. Yeah, for sure. You know? No, absolutely. Like, every time, like, I make sure when I go fishing <laughs> in the morning. No, I'm serious. When I go fishing in the morning, like, yeah. I make sure that I drink my coffee as soon as possible. Right. So by the time I get to the boat, that I make sure that all my, my exit plan has been fulfilled. Have you ever met any, like, coffee guys? Like, What do you mean? Coffee Like guys. Juan Valdez? Well, my buddy Sean, he wakes up, like, two hours before an event, and we wake up real early for an event, and he organically makes his own coffee in the hotel room, and he brings a box full of this stuff, and he's in there, and he does it an hour or so before we leave the hotel room so he can do his his business, but he's got like thermometer. He's like a chemist in there. Really? Yeah, he's a, he calls himself a, co- a coffee Flies snob. like that. Fly, well, he's got the Cuban coffee thing. Like, like wherever he goes, because Fly travels all over the world. Yeah. But he said no matter where he goes, he always has his little Cuban coffee maker. Right. And uh, he starts every day with that. Like, no matter where he is, he could be in, like in the press. Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, whole, the whole thing. And he does it, like, 
Jen, because he's, you know, Cuban, as I'm sure anyone who knows him has heard him say, the crazy Cuban. But yeah, shout out to Fly. So anyway, um, welcome to Connect to My Water, Taylor DeFusco. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate it. Connect to My Water, sponsored by Joey Cardi Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. All right. And I want to say that right now they're still offering, I have to say, 0% financing for 72 months, no payments for 120 days. Select vehicles and the vehicles that they have selected are gorgeous. So I just want to give a shout out to them. If you want one, if you want a truck, you want a Ram truck like I got, like a Rebel, go see Dean, check him out. Tell him that I sent you. It's really important that you do that so he understands how it all happened and how it came to be that you own this beautiful Ram truck. And it's all because of Connected by Water. So, and also I want to give a shout out to ourselves. We just put a whole bunch of new stuff stuff up on our site at connectedbywater.com um, we get brand new artwork brand new framed artwork brand new apparel brand new regular artwork brand new face masks everyone wants the face masks now mm. you know we got them up mm. on the site you know don't like that all brand new designs we did new designs um in support of the c19 there so anyway that's my spiel of ads so thanks for coming down man no, thanks for having me, man. It's yeah. honestly, I wanted to start off and say like it's very humbling to be sitting in this seat because of uh, some guys I told you about. The same seat that guys like Art Sapper, Skip Dana, and Jeff Maggio, and Chris Lemieux have sat in. And these, you know, there's people out there that look up to like rock stars, mm-hmm. and, like sports athletes. Those are the guys. Yeah. That no. I, I I look up to, and, and Art probably thinks I'm a weirdo at this point because I'm just I'm <laughs> such a a fanboy of his, you know. He should be. I mean, the, the Art's the man. Yeah, yeah. I, I We're all fanboys, Art. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but I'm proud to call him. He that, won't like no, such he's, a he's humble, humble guy. He's humble. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and I aspire to be like that, you know. And and I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Jeff um, Maggio because I started five years ago. Six, seven, whatever. Mm-hmm. Watching the Lunker Dog YouTube videos, and mm-hmm. I wanted to do what he was doing, and he made fishing look fun, and yeah. interesting, and exciting. So, shout out to Jeff, and big shout out to Jeff. You know, he's got yeah. that Real Guy podcast, and I think he named that appropriately mm-hmm. because, like, he he's like not even just he calls a real R E E L. He's a real guy, like R E A L. He he definitely keeps it real. Um, you know, he's been on the show. I've been on his show. You've been on his show. Um, but even the conversations that I have with him off the show, he's the genuine article. You know, he really is. I mean, he's just, you know, he, he's no BS. He's no frills. He's just, you know, straight up, you know, hey, this is how it is. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's how we all should strive to be. If you're going to be a fanboy of anyone, you picked a good one on Art Sap. I mean, that guy's, you know, he, he's a legend before us. You know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. Like a walking, living, breathing, current legend. I mean, and I love him to death. The list of people that you named, I'm proud to call them my friends. Yeah, really that's am. awesome. And that's when we started this show. I was pretty much, you know, I'm like, you can take, like, you you could take making a show in L.A. or New York and bring on people you think are famous, but we're all human, right? The people that I bring on this show, they're famous to me. Right? They're what I want to show to the world. And these are the people that are important to me. These are the people that I think are important in my life and important to South Florida, which is and will forever be our home. So, yeah, we don't need L.A. We don't need California. 
So I think it was like the first time I met or Hollywood, I should say specifically. Cause I have nothing against California. Yeah. I've been to Huntington beach and all those places. Pretty nice out there. But, uh, yeah, the first time I met Art was at um, LunkerCon. Mm-hmm. The cool thing about Jeff is it brings so many real guys together. And I saw Art in, like, the corner just hanging out by himself. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. I turned to my girlfriend <laughs> he at the time. He tends to do that. And I, and I turned to my girlfriend at the time, and I was like, that's, that's our sap, dude. And I went up and, like, said hello to him. And I figured, like, you know, he's famous in my eyes. He might say, like, three words to me. Dude, he sat there for probably, like, half an hour talking hey, to me. And and I went home, you know, and, and, and meeting guys like Jeff, you know. And uh, these are like celebrities, and I don't think they know the impact that they have on other people's lives. And they're humble, and and they mm-hmm. they won't uh, say that they do, but they honestly do. Uh, it had a course of changing my life, uh, honestly. And the funny thing is, the first time I fished with Art on my birthday, he took me out for my birthday. Oh yeah, dude, it was probably the nicest thing someone's ever done. And he still didn't really know me at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know like, anything about kite fishing. Like I was a king fisherman where we just bump troll live baits and like mm-hmm. they got these kites up in the air and uh, he's got uh, Jimmy. How long ago was this? Four, 40 years ago maybe. So I, I've come a little way mm-hmm. since you've, then. You've come a long way in a short period of time. A, a little yeah, bit, good. yeah. yeah. Um, nice. And we would get a bite on the kite and when you get a bite on the kite, you leave the baits out there. I started clearing all the lines in Art's <laughs> boat, and I don't put any of the rods in the rod holders. I stuck them all in a corner so they're laying. Yeah. Jimmy and, and Art must have been like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> <laughs> clearing the whole spread. But he's so nice, you know? He, yeah, he's that's just, the thing. He was just such a nice guy, and um, I would see him in the TV shows up in the tower, like, left long, left long. And, like, when I heard him do that, I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? If I ever, if I were, if let me say, if I were to ever, because I have not yet heard if I were to ever hear Art Sapp yell at someone angrily, I would be shocked. I like that would that would like take me back. Like right. I'd be like, whoa, never heard that before. You know. Well, as a freelance mate, I work on I work with multiple different captains, multiple mm-hmm. different personalities, tournaments, private charters from Fort Pierce to the Keys to the Bahamas, and I've seen both sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 for some clients and with some people, both sides work, you know. Um, sometimes I get fired up, and other times, kind of like what we were talking about this morning, being zenned out. Yeah. I'm at, like, a crossroads in my life of, like, which avenue do I want to take? Yeah. Speaking of avenues, right? So we'll get to all this fishing stuff in a little bit, but when we first talked— because this is actually the first time you and I are meeting in person, right? right? But when we first spoke on social media, you kind of opened up to me a little bit about your story and your path. Um, and I'll just set you up like that. Um, but it was pretty compelling and it struck me um, pretty deeply when you said that. And I'm like, that sounds like a pretty good story for someone to come on the podcast and tell. So... <sighs> How far back do you want to go to start this story? You got all the time in the world. I want to hear about it because it really, because this is kind of one of the big elements of what Connected by Water is all about, about how this community that we are, this Connected by Water community, um, really is our life. Right. And really is like the circle of people in this path that we've all kind of, joined in unconsciously together and here we all are right um 
But you said that that path and that community and fishing in general saved your life. How so? So I will start off by saying I probably made every single mistake a young man could make uh, in life. And uh, I guess we can go back five years, Pompano Beach. I was homeless on a park bench here. Uh, during Christmas, it was December 25th, I guess, the week of that. Um, you know when people go through, like, a party stage and then they go to college and then they, they get it out of there? I sure do. Their system. Uh, well, been, I did. I've been there. Yeah. I didn't, you know. And uh, I associated with drinking with a lot of activities uh, in my life, including um, fishing. And uh, those poor choices uh, started to come up, and there were some consequences. And I've never been in that position before. Like, growing up as a kid, uh, I was always into sports, fishing, hunting, grew up with good morals and values. My parents were were phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um Back then, I could have come up with any excuse. I, I forged this weapon as a kid called the blame flower. And, the, the blame f- thrower? Yeah. Like a flamethrower? Yeah. Nice. And I couldn't see my own actions. Mm-hmm. I couldn't see my faults for many years of my life. There was something wrong with my spirit. My spirit was just broken. And what comforted me and what my solution in life was was, was drinking and being out with, with friends and, and uh, going to the bars and and I was a bartender and server, and uh, we thought that fling would get over, and 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 it didn't, uh-huh. you know. And then when I came here to Florida, um, I would see these SKA magazines of the professional kingfishermen, and there was this one guy um, on their team, Bandit, and it's Ron Mitchell, and he's a two-time national angler of a year. And um, I really looked up to that team, and I was working construction, and. Um, I look at my coworker and I was like, I want to, I want to be a professional fisherman. Um, so Ron ended up giving me a tryout, um, and he's actually a Palm Beach sheriff. It's kind of funny, right? Yeah. And for my past, and uh, Ray Marine sponsored, um, you know, the team. They got me a hotel room down here in Pompano, and all I had to do was not drink and work hard and go bait fishing and pre-fishing, and pretty much you can. I'd be able to make the team. And you ever see that movie with Denzel Washington when he's the pilot? And he's in the yes. hotel room, uh-huh. and the door opens, and then the mini bar opens. All he's got to do is, is show up to that court date, yep. and his lawyer will handle everything. That, that was the scene that, that, that I was in. I, I, I was like, well, I've been working hard for two days. I, I want to go get a cocktail. Reward yourself. Yeah. So I went to the lobby and got one mixed drink. Uh, I ended up at downtown Pompano Beach at an Irish pub. I don't remember. (laughs) So uh, I was dancing with a bunch of girls, and this is the night before the tournament. I get back at like 3 o'clock in the morning, and and, um, I get a knock at the door at like 3.15. And let's just say, you know, Captain wasn't too happy, and I puked my brains out, so I had to really uh, evaluate my life. Mm -hmm. And if I wanted my fishing, if I wanted a fishing career, I had to stop. And uh, after that, I grew up. I grew up real fast and met some really good people. And I take a couple steps each day towards uh, what I get to do. And and now today I'm not ashamed of telling people about my past because if I can help one person out there. The shame, a big part of it though, I think about, you know, maybe why um, people, you know, won't take the steps 
right? Because they don't want to admit. And if I'm wrong about any of this, like set me off, tell me I'm wrong. But it seems to me like shame would be a factor and not like facing your problems because you don't want to admit that I have a problem. I mean, I I would think, you know, now, you know, we drink a lot of beer on the podcast. You know, when guys come in, I always give everyone the option like, hey, you want, you can, you come hang out. You know, people want to come to the studio and have a good time and everything like that. But I, I don't want to, how do I say this? I don't want to, anyone to think that we have a blind eye to people that don't meet that situation the same as others do. This is one way to put it. So, uh, and I really appreciate you coming in and sharing all this with us because it is an important thing um, to talk about. You know, we've had other people on the show, you know, with Matt Williams and, and Troy came on to talk yeah. about, you know, this similar topic. Um, you know, and it's got to be very tough. Um, so you're completely like drink free, whatever. Right? Yeah, for no. coming up on five years. Five years. Yeah. Congrats, man. I still get to do awesome, cool, mm-hmm. scary, funny, crazy stuff. Uh, and I'm like a neutral party, right? So part of the people I surround myself with, we don't tell other people what to do. Mm-hmm. We don't tell people if they are or aren't, uh, you know, having like a drinking problem or not. I'm not here to argue with anyone on social media. Mm-hmm. We stay completely neutral from politics, all that stuff, um, as much as as much as possible with the politics. I try to. I try my best. Oh my god. Yeah. I try my best on this show to to not talk about right. it. But I don't know. He he keeps blaming it on Jeff. <laughs> that damn Maggio. <laughs> right? Got me talking politics. Yeah. But well, we'll what? bring it up every now and then, you know, and things like that. But I try not to go too far into that tangent. Like definitely right now, yeah. There is a myriad in you know, a huge palette that we can access of politics at the moment. No, you know, with all the rioting thing like that. I really don't want to go there today. You know what I mean? Cause that, that's really not what the show is all about. And we can talk about it if you want to, but I mean, the keyboard warriors are out like in full effect right now. You yeah. know what I mean? But, and everyone's got an opinion and I respect it, but you know, no matter what you say, no matter what you do, there's going to be someone else that's going to come jump on, on your back and argue, want to argue with you. So I'm just going to stay away from it right now. Yeah, more more or less I was getting at that we let people find their own truth. Right, that's exactly it. I don't condone anything I did in my past. Mm -hmm. You know, I was a very selfish, self-centered person. Um, But what's pretty cool is I get on these boats, or obviously I'm a DD, I can drive people to the sandbar and and, in the Abacos, you know, a family um, I was staying with, and and Mm -hmm. I would drive them around and they can drink and have fun. And people would come up to me, and even women would come up to me and be like, you're like one of the most mature guys selfless guys I've ever met. And then I would start laughing and be like, well, you didn't know me like 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what is awesome, especially in the industry, and I know it's not just a fishing podcast, but my life is kind of surrounded about, uh, around that is I get phone calls from captains, mm-hmm. mates, families of mates, you know, in our industry. I mean, I've heard stories, especially back in like the eighties and stuff like that. The captains, you know, it was, it was pretty reckless down here in Florida at one point. Yeah. But what's really cool is I, I get some phone calls from people that, think they may or may they they just want to change their life and it doesn't have to be surrounded by a substance or alcohol you know Mm -hmm. they just kind of want to change and the things and the steps that I take every day I think it would help out the entire world not just because it has to do because it has to do with I I finally can self-evaluate and do inventory on my daily actions and I think that's one of the biggest 
and own up to my mistakes. Mm-hmm. Not perfect at it. All right, let's just, all right, for the record, I'm not perfect at it, right? I have many faults. But I think in society these days, people have an issue with being able to look at themselves in the mirror, self-evaluate at the end of the day, and admit when they're wrong and then make amends. So part of this process of, of me being able to be free from from alcohol or selfish and self-centeredness is, is I had to write a list of every single person that um, I've harmed in my entire life mm-hmm. and make an effort to make an amends. So you see these people that, you know, some people would consider um, scumbags really turn their lives around and become more productive members of society than normal people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool. You know, I think it's an awesome yeah. Awesome thing. Yeah, definitely. I, I've had some close friends of mine. Um, I've received letters like that, you know, which, um, you know, there was one in particular, and I'm not going to name drop, to where I was actually like, no, I don't want to forgive you. That was my first reaction. And, you know, you hurt me pretty bad. You know what I mean? I don't give a shit if it was alcohol or... Right. You know, or what what it was, you know what I mean? But eventually I did call him and I did forgive him because I realized how hard that must have been for him, you know? And, you know, it, but it took me a while, you know, to come to grips with that. Um, But I'm happy I did and I'm happy he did. And I'm happy that he's doing well now, you know? And, and I really know we're not as close as we used to be, but at least he's got maybe that closure and I do too of, you know, moving on and having peace behind you and, and, you know, in your wake, right? Um, which I think isn't just as important as a, as a continued healthy relationship, because sometimes your past can haunt you, you know, that's for sure. No matter who you are, you know, I mean, everyone's got their things that they regret, you know, and people want to say, Oh, can't regret anything. Yeah, you can, you know, and it can live with you, you know, but you know, you try to maybe shut it out or put it out or deal with it. I mean, maybe that's what you're talking about. I don't know. Like dealing with that, you know, and, and trying to not let the regret haunt you. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole process called, you know, taking out the garbage. Mm-hmm. I'm so focused on the now. And we were talking before about Zen and mm-hmm. spirituality, something in my life where my mind and my soul didn't meet my heart. There was a there was a misfire. There was some wires that were missing, and the things that I did, and and the alcohol would would that was actually my solution. So mm-hmm. when you take someone's solution away from them, they ha- they have to find something else, and it's got to be a positive movement. So I'm I'm super positive for the most part. Uh, spiritual, I'm not religious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I was going to ask you like, what's your relationship with God? So you know what the cool thing about um. That was actually my starter question. I was talking. Was it? About. But, was but, the, but we we started talking about other. No, that's so. fine. So I'm because uh, I, I think that's an interesting one too. It is. Because a lot of people either find it or reject it or right or they just kind of happy medium. And I don't, I don't know what's it's, was, it's an individual thing. I guess is my point. It is. So with the people and and the the fellowship that I'm in and the people I surround myself with is you can call it whatever you want and just. Uh, you believe that there's a power greater than yourself out there. Mm-hmm. You can have a positive, happy, successful life and help other people. They set a very low bar mm-hmm. and I can dig that, you know, it mm-hmm. didn't scare me away. And I was like, this is so beautiful. 
Uh, I was raised non-denominational. Mm-hmm. Where I went to. This is in Jersey. This is in Jersey. What part of Jersey are you from? I know uh, South Jersey. It's like Marlton, Medford, but I say Cherry Hill because a lot of people know yeah, the I know Cherry, Cherry Hill. Hill. Yeah, Cherry okay. Hill. So I grew up in the Pine Barrens, and a lot of people think Jersey is like a big city with like smoke and smog. And I grew it's up not. in log cabins, Cedar Lakes, Pine Barrens, whitetail hunting, mm-hmm. and then we would go to the bay and the ocean. We catch flounder, weak fish, and whatnot. But uh, yeah, where my where my wife is from in, in Bergen County. In, in Wyckoff, it's like the, the town she's from is it's a postcard. Like yeah. like when we go up there, like when we first started going up there, I was like, you know, this is not normal. Like this is like really just the perfect town. You know what I mean? So, like in New Jersey, there's a lot of that though. You know, but there's like what Newark. Everyone thinks New Jersey is all Newark, and that's only like a fraction of it. Yeah, but it's a beautiful state. There's, it really is. The state split, so there's a line in mm-hmm. the middle of it. Well, it's kind of north, central, south. Yeah. I don't think I've ever been in North Jersey. I'm not sure. And then the so people from North Jersey at. don't come south. Right. And people will be like, where's your accent? The you Philly know? accent? Well, we're Philadelphia. So South Jersey is right. Philadelphia. Yeah. North Jersey is New York. Right. And when you see the TV show and stuff like that, and then you hear the whole, this myth of that Jersey people have accents, that's North Jersey. From South Jersey, I don't really think we have an accent. Maybe a little bit of Philly. You got a Philly. You get, you like, roads. Yeah. Like oh, I say coffee. Yeah. But that's about it. But I yeah. don't I don't say Joyzy. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. I think that, that that accent really is a small percentage of the people I've, that are from there. Most people don't. I mean, you can hear a little bit. Yeah. Like, my wife doesn't have it, but she says Fort Lauderdale, like L-O-R-D. Yeah. I'm like, it's Lauderdale. It's not Lauderdale. Yeah. But, yeah. And then there's like water Jumped and water. And giggling. They say that. Um, yeah. But everything's fast paced up there. Yeah. Uh, when you walk down the street, you don't really make eye contact. You don't say like, good morning. Uh, when I came down south, mm-hmm. uh, joggers would, would wave and stuff. Because up north, would be like, what do you want from me? Trying to rob me or something yeah. like that. Everything's fast paced. And then when I went to Publix down here for the first time, got my groceries, checking out. And this person takes my bags. I thought he was trying to steal my bags. I was like, yo, what are you doing? And the mm-hmm. lady goes, relax, dude. He, he's carrying it out to your truck. I thought he was trying to rob, yeah. <laughs> steal my groceries. So that was my introduction yeah. to. Uh, John used to work at Publix. Yeah. Yeah, for years. Back long time. in the day. Yeah. Yeah, that's Publix. I like Publix. And you ask them the where something is, they, they walk you to the aisle. And, you know. The hospitality is great. Yeah. But, but so, yeah, so I live, I live a spiritual life, not a, like, religious. How long? Have you been here? I, I'm trying to, I have a reason for asking. Like, when did you move here from New Jersey? I think it's been like seven years. So maybe like. With your whole family or just you? All right. So I used to um, vacation here every year in Port St. Lucie West mm-hmm. since I was about five, six, seven years old before like the big boom happened. So out in Port St. Lucie West, like near 95, it was dirt roads. We we rode quads mm-hmm. to 7-Eleven and horses to 7-Eleven. And then now it's all built up. Um, and then my family stayed there. I used to vacation. And then I got a one-way plane ticket when I wanted to change my life around. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then my family, my cousins and stuff, as soon as I moved here, they moved to South Carolina. Oh, really? <laughs> so you're, you're, but you're, your folks are up in New Jersey still? Yeah. Uh, my stepdad, who I call dad uh, now, he yeah. has a house in Venice for the past, like, four years. So he just came and visited me and saw the boats that I get to work on and, and stuff. Cool. And, He's the one who introduced me into uh, hunting and fishing and the outdoors, which saved my life. Because if I didn't have a, have a father figure yeah. in my life, I don't know where I'd be at right now. Nice. So that's what you posted up the other day. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, 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 my biological father, um, was really good with the ladies. He impregnated okay. two women at the same time and popped out like four kids. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, and then, and then he, he left, he ran away to Arizona and then he came back, uh, into our lives when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. So he was gone for like at least 10 years. And then one day he, um, dropped dead of a uh, brain aneurysm and he had a, um, I guess brain cancer and, and he dropped dead. So we buried him when I was in high school and it was awesome to be able to get a couple years mm-hmm. with, um, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I use that in, as an excuse to, uh, go downhill for many mm-hmm. years of my life. And, and now that I'm grown up, I don't use that as an excuse anymore. Um, but I had a, uh, my stepfather who, when I moved to Florida and I grew up, got my head out of my ass, you mm-hmm. know, uh, I called him dad for the first time. It must've meant the world. That's awesome. Must've meant the world to him, you know, that's awesome. So getting back to the spirituality thing, yeah. I wanted to lay a little groundwork there or you lay a little groundwork for me when we were talking, I'm not trying Let's to go. psychoanalyze or anything like no, that because I'm, I'm an artist and with art school, whatever, you know, I'm just trying to get to know you better here. Spirituality. Where are you at with it now? The whole COVID thing kind of hurts it mm-hmm. a little bit, but a routine was for spirituality was trying to be in the now. So like meditation mm-hmm. is really big. And I listen to these speaker tapes that are all about positive movements and, and whatnot. And, um, it's how is my spirit when I walk into a room, you know, Hey guys, you know, smile like on the your face. energy. Yeah. So everyone thinks that spirituality has to be like this levitating monk. And if you want to take it to that level, that's fine. Uh, I speak on my own experience. Mm -hmm. It can be as simple as distancing myself from selfish and self-centeredness. And how is my spirit throughout the day? How is my spirit when things are good and when things are bad Mm -hmm. and prayer meditation goes into that fishing when the sun rises, comes up, you know, but some parts of fishing are pretty stressful and, uh, yeah, a lot of anxiety. So for sure. Especially, I mean, you're doing a lot of tournament fishing. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was tournament fishing there for a while. I mean, I don't, I put more of all my focus now into the studio because as you know, so much preparation goes into it and so much, you know, but the pre-fishing and just even the money and just the investment or whatever in your time. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's like, if you want to, if you want to have, you know, the results that you're going after, you really got to put in the time, you know, like a professional sport and like any other professional sport or like a racing team, you Mm -hmm. know, that's why I thought about when you asked me kind of like that question, I kind of get pulled in two different directions where should I just go get a flats boat and mm-hmm. move to the keys and really be able to enjoy it. I'm not saying I don't enjoy uh sport fishing tournaments and I hope it doesn't sound like heresy to the guys out there, but um, I don't know where I want to go. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense to you. It does. Like the one I'm on the flats boat with like one or two people and we're fishing, but it's different or when you're on a charter with like six people and you're trying to get them fishing they're complaining or good day or bad day. And then you got a captain up in the tent and just things aren't going right. You know, or, or even when things do go right, there's just so much involved. It's not like a hundred percent all the time. What's in the magazines and what's on the fishing shows. It's not, that's right. why I don't lie on my social media and portray something that I'm, I'm not, I show the good and and the bad mm-hmm. on my social media. So, well, I mean, you know, you're putting the kites up and especially if the seas get a little rough, I mean, it turns into a work day. That's for sure. You know, we all get enjoyment out of it. You know what I mean? And, you know, you find yourself into the sales or you 
put a big slob over the rail. I mean, it's like there's a lot of reward in that, you yeah. know what I mean? But it's work. But like you're saying, yeah, I agree with you. You know, I love those days of going out on the flats and taking it easy and, you know, hearing the peace and quiet and, you know, focusing on the art of fishing, I right. guess you should say, because I think, um, you know, getting out on a huge center console and throwing the kites up and, you know, fishing for numbers and, you know, like the amount of sales you can get and, you know, working hard and constantly moving and just never stopping. Um, you know, that's, that's the work of fishing. Right. You know, and I think for the flats is more the yard of fishing because there's more touch and there's more, not that there's not touch and angling and, you yeah. know, a charter or something like that, but and they you know catch, what I'm saying. They can catch like one fish, like a bonefish and like appreciate and spend time with that fish. Yeah. And that's something in my life right now where, you know, when you go to the Bahamas, the art was hitting on it too, where everyone tries to limit out. Mm-hmm. You're not a good successful fisherman unless you limit out on this thing. And I'm starting to kind of shy away from that. I have to catch some fish to be successful and have people hire me on their boat, mm-hmm. you know, but nowadays it's not really about the fish or like the art of fishing. It's like, can I go and get my wahoos in the Bahamas or limit out on yellow fins or all this and that, or get my numbers and how many flags are on my pole. And don't get me wrong. That stuff gets me fired up. Sure. It really does. And, and when, it's just a different day. It's just a different kind of day. It's yeah. And then there's days where I'd rather maybe go flats fishing, but I'm, I'm, I don't know if you understand. I'm, I'm kind of like in the middle. I, I don't know. No, I do. Point. I'm the same way. I, I, I really am. I, I love, listen, I paint fish for a living, right? And I don't discriminate. I love them all. Like people yeah. ask me that all the time. What's your favorite fish to paint? All of them? You know, I really mean that. You know, it's like, yeah, of course I love doing a sailfish with that beautiful bill and the sail and the colors yeah. and everything like that. But to be honest with you, I paint more sailfish than anything because it's the biggest request that I get. You know, for all these shirts, the, most of the shirts I create are for, you know, people want like a sail and a marlin and a yellowfin. And, you know, it's like, okay. But I have, I do so many sailfish that it's like, I just want to paint something else for once. That kind of thing. You know what I mean? So, you know, maybe at once it was my favorite and now it's not anymore kind of thing, but it depends on the day. It just turns into a different day. You know, yeah. each day is a different adventure on the canvas or, you know, on the screen or whatever it is. But, you know, I love... I love going over. Um, I was the artist uh, a few times for the custom shootout. You know, we go over there for the tournament. And um, you know, Skip would be, Skip Smith would be like, hey, you want me to get you on one of these Marlin boats? I get you on one of these Marlin boats. And I'm like, no, because they already have their team set. I'd just be along for a ride. I'm not going to be railing to Marlin during the custom shootout. You know, they're going to give that to one of the registered anglers or, you know, right. definitely not some dude that I, they just met. I said, I'm going to go on the other side of the island and I'm going to fish for bonefish. I do it every time. And it was, that must have been so cool. Yeah, man. Best experience ever. And if you want to catch bonefish, the Bahamas is the place to do it. Marsh Harbor, before all this crap went down, epic place to go bonefishing. I mean, it would just be like, you know, you go for half day and just catch like seven bonefish in the morning. Yeah. You know, when I get excited is I'll have friends that will be like, Hey, do you want to go offshore on your day off? I'll be like, I won't get too excited about it. Right. Depends on what day I'm at, I might go out with you or not. Because it turns into work. Mm-hmm. And I try to be as nice as possible about it. But some people just don't understand. And they end up thinking that you're a dick anyway for not wanting to go and help them out. But it's like a day of work. Mm-hmm. But uh, when my friends invite me out on the flats boat to go snook fishing or red fishing or trout fishing, I get yes, fired up, dude. Yeah. I, I get excited because 
just dropping the boat in early in the morning, getting some bait, or just mm-hmm. even getting a lure and just being able today, to man. cast it. And it's just uh, I want, two different I want, worlds, really. Yeah, they are in shore yeah. and offshore. Fishing. He's a he's a master <laughs> snook fisherman. Well, Dennis likes to call me a master <laughs> snook fisherman. You gotta you gotta teach me. We have we have good snook fishing up in Stewart and yes, you mango uh, yes, mangroves. Uh, yeah, George, that's George's backyard. Yeah, and George and Rufus. Yeah, that's their backyard up there. So Rufus is a really good guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've talked to him on the internet, and George's uh, George's great guy. Uh, we've taken George's dad to the Bahamas. Uh, oh, really? Before, yeah, yeah. Nice. George, George's dad's a good guy. I, if I have extra mahi fillets, I'll, I'll stop by George's dad's house mm-hmm. there in Jensen and drop it off to him. Um, but uh, yeah, George is like one of those guys I look up to as well. You know, George is cool, man. So is Rufus. And Rufus they're, both, has, they're both cool. How many world records does that guy have? Like, um, I'm not, I'm not really sure. I mean, at one point he was, he was seeking out, um, to be the first person to catch all seven species of billfish on fly within a year, and the only one that eluded them was the sword. Have you ever fly fished? Yeah, I've never done it. Yeah, actually, I um, recently started fly fishing. Um, it was, it was one of those things that was something I've always wanted to do. It takes a little while. You know, to kind of get you know the haul down and you know the last forty feet or whatever they call it, and it's it's not the easiest thing in the world, um, but it's also not the hardest thing in the world. It just takes a little bit. Like you just got to learn to kind of like playing guitar. You, know, you got to kind of do a little repetition. You know what I mean? Get the calluses on your fingers or whatever, and just kind of like you know, just just get the rhythm, learn mm-hmm. the rhythm, the rhythm, and, and and feel it. That's that's really what it comes down to. That's got to um, be the ultimate zen, huh? Yeah, I mean it's um, it's interesting or that's frustrating sure. as well. It's that's that's what I was gonna say. It's very frustrating. There there are times where it's just it's not easy. You know what I mean? Especially with bonefish. You know, getting that. You know, getting like your first one. You know, it's it's not not the easiest thing in the world to do, but uh, it is very rewarding. That's for sure. Um, yeah, no, I love it. I've never caught a bonefish on the flats. You want to hear my bonefish story? I do. So I used to live in down in Isla Morada. That's mm-hmm. where I started. Where about? Uh, but it's called Venetian Shores. It's right mm-hmm. next to the Coast Guard station right there. Yep. Nordis. I made a mistake of moving down there with a girl. It didn't work out. Oh, boy. Uh, if you bring a woman down there, you got to <laughs> beat the locals off with a stick, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I learned my lesson on that one. But um, So I started working on a headboat where pretty much I think any mate – Really starts off, and we would do these nighttime yellowtail trips, and uh, we were catching bonefish on chicken rigs, like fifty of them. Come on! In one night, really? Uh, it blew my mind. And the captain said, "Yeah, something like they spawn out here sometime, mm-hmm. sometime of the year." So I was trying to tell the clients, "You guys are catching fish on chicken rigs, <laughs> three at a time." What people spend thousands of dollars doing, and then they'd be like, "All right, thanks, man. Here's five mm-hmm. bucks." like thanks i have um someone that's um not going to be named um caught a bonefish by accident (laughs) god i shouldn't say put it up on a kite and actually caught a sailfish on it well i've heard um (laughs) they're great marlin uh baits i'm sure they are but this is the first time i've ever heard of anyone bridling up a bonefish and throwing it up on a kite yeah but i mean if you think about it it probably does make a fantastic Sailfish bait, yeah, but yeah. especially if it's a little one. Well, you know when I'm in my kingfishing tournaments, we'll uh, we'll catch a certain big bait, and then the sailfish always eat it. So I know that there's like sailfish guys, and then there's like meat guys. Mm-hmm. 
I work and do tournaments on both sides, and and I love both. But my right. fa- my favorite fish is to get those slimy kingfish. I love it. Is There's it? nothing that gets me more fired up than kingfish, and just really? like how Art loves his sail fishing, mm-hmm. and and when we hook, when we go kingfishing, we'll catch sailfish. Right. When we go sail fishing with mono, we get bit off by big kingfish. It's it just blows my mind. Yeah. And uh, so there's nothing more rewarding to you than a big slobby king. Oh, I love it. Chasing it down and gaffing it with a big 12 foot gaff and, mm-hmm. and during a tournament or not during a tournament. And uh, I don't really think they get the recognition that they deserve. Um, I guess I'll speak for myself a little bit. But when you're on a charter and the sails aren't biting, mm-hmm. the mahis aren't migrating, the tunas aren't migrating by. I mean, kingfishing off the reef is is like a go to. And I don't and I think we take it for granted, uh, especially in the charter industry that those can save our trips catching those kings. But when I mean kingfish, I'm not talking about the seven, ten pounders, twelve snakes and the little rats. Yeah. Dude, the thirty plus, forty plus, mm-hmm. fifty plus, it's an entire different animal. And and to be able to land a fish of that that size, everything has to go right. Mm-hmm. You know, and when the clients see that fish, because they'll be like, "Well, I don't have a smoker, so uh, let's hold off on the kingfish." And then they hook into a forty pounder, and it just peels drag, yep. and they're fighting it, and it comes overboard. They're ecstatic; mm-hmm. they love it, and then they give it a little bit more respect. But like, so when when I get on the boat with captains, I always joke with them that I put wire on everything, yeah. I put stinger rigs on everything, and the sailfish guys love. Love yelling at me. Well, there were so many. There were so many kings biting. I think it was the last Jimmy Johnson that people were using wire on their kites. Yeah, for that one, just because so many kings were, you know, biting off the mono. I think it was like days who a lot of people were switching the wire. What's What's crazy is I I catch a lot of fish on wire off the kite. Mm-hmm. You know, sails, tunas, and and sounds like heresy catching tuna on the wire. I've caught my biggest blackfin on wire. Obviously, wahoo. Um, you've had Ricky from Real Easy on here. Mm-hmm. The sixty-six pound bull dolphin. I was on the rod for that. Oh, were you? Yeah, you caught. I, you caught. Wow, nice. Yeah. Well, the team caught it, but yeah, yeah, the team caught you, of course. But yeah, um, don't ever want to do that again. Hour and a half long fight on like a spinning <laughs> rod that came off of wire uh, with a stinger rig in it. I've caught, I've caught at yellow fins. Yeah, biggest yellow fin I've ever seen was caught on wire. So I'm going to give a speaking of elephant. Wow, I got to give a shout out um, to my buddy Carl Schachter. Did you hear this story? What this just what is this? Two days ago, like it was over the weekend. He just goes out casually fishing with his dad, right? And he's waiting for bait, live bait, and there wasn't much left by the time they got to him. So he only got like a dozen pilchards and like a half dozen gogs or something like that. I'm paraphrasing. So he's like, great, it's going to be a great day. So I think by like 9.30, they only had like two goggle eyes left. And I think they, I think, I'm pretty sure they caught the elephant on the downrigger. And, um, but it, he was shocked. It was just screaming like lying off. And sure enough, it was like right out, right outside here. I think maybe, maybe it was Lake Worth. And um, he was bringing, he's like, see sickles. He's like, oh my God, we, we tail wrapped the elephant. They tail wrapped it? Tail wrapped it and brought it up and the thing was huge. So we'll John will throw the picture up here, I'm sure, just to see. But it was it was a big one. I don't know how much it weighed, but I didn't way see he, that one. Yeah, the way he told the story was just like after that, they're like, All right, we got no bait left, let's go home. Let's with this that. with this huge ass elephant. Like he's gonna have that memory with his dad forever. And they were already cool. thinking it was gonna be a bad day because they didn't have a lot of baits, right. right? So right. that's that's yep. usually when the good days happen when yeah. you don't have so enough bait. Harry was just thinking, like, it's going to be a shit day. We have no bait, blah, blah, blah. I think he had some tackle issues, too. 
and then when things you know, just weren't going right, when things weren't going right, and all of a sudden that yeah. that monster bit them. So I usually I usually bring a GoPro. So that, that's kind of like how I started my little career, as you could say. Is um, I didn't have like parents in the industry. Mm-hmm. I didn't have like a brother. I didn't have any like friends in the industry. Like no one knew who I was. So I bring like a GoPro and and put it up on uh, on the T top or something like that, and just film myself like fishing, fishing with friends and stuff. And it seems like whenever I don't bring the GoPro is when you'll have, like, right. a really yeah. good fish on, like, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, it's um, never when you're ready. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Uh, and then, like, with these tournaments, we'll take a week yeah. to prep, look at every single hook, every single swivel, go over the boat, mm-hmm. go over plans, weather patterns, moon phases, tides, right? And we'll catch a bigger fish going out with, like, my friend. And they're drinking a couple beers. Yeah. You know, yep. it's funny how that works out. Yeah, for sure. Maybe maybe the fish feel the zen. Yeah. Right. Maybe they feel the vibe. Like maybe they felt like Carl with his dad having that like moment with him. And you know what I mean? Maybe they feel the beers, you know, or whatever, like, you know, whatever, just the hangout time and, and all that stuff like that. I don't know. Maybe there's some vibe to that. Maybe they feel that in their lateral line. I haven't had that happen yet. That, that's an awesome thing to happen to Yellowfin close here. It happens. No, it happens, but it's very rare. It, it's rare. Yeah. You know, my buddy um, Austin, I think he might have been on Offspray out of Lake Worth. They got a yellowfin off the kite this year, mm-hmm. uh, and they got it by the sharks, which blows my mind. The shark right. issue is just Yeah, so, the shark issue is bad. So, like, when getting to the Zen thing, it's um, it's tough to be Zenful or, like, spiritual out on the boat or calm, even with clients, because try to explain to them, hey, if if you hear us saying real or if you hear us getting excited, it's because there's such a big shark issue here. We're not yelling at you personally. Right. But they it's almost to the point sometimes where they will not get a single fish to the boat. And you have to chase them down. We have to use bigger line, bigger hooks. We gotta get on these people about getting there's there's no just setting up a drift and putting out a bait and letting them, mm-hmm. you know, fight. And they're eating sailfish. I was releasing one off of a boat, reviving a sailfish and a bull shark. Came up yeah. and got it, and now I don't even feel comfortable leaning over the side. Yeah, uh, with the sailfish. So I will put that out there. You know that if they see any of my videos, and if we're a little high strung and stuff during tournaments or on charters, it's not because we're not trying to be uh, unprofessional. It's just that we know what the what the shark issue. Yeah, and you want people to catch fish too. You know, you want them to have a good time. Yeah, you, know, you want them to feel that moment. You know, it's good for your business. It's good. Yeah. For, it's good for their experience. I care a lot about the clients, and mm-hmm. um, I think I take home a lot more than what I should, emotion, you know, emotionally wise and whatnot. But mm-hmm. um, this is all I got. So right. some some people have a business to go home to. Some people have like a family or or kids to go home to. You know, when people say like, you know, relax, dude. You know, well, well, this is it. This is my life. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I take a lot of pride, good pride, and and passion into what I do for for clients or tournament fishing etc etc so there's been times where i a mistake would be make or we lose a tournament or something like that and i feel it and, and you get back up on the horse and you learn from your mistakes and whatnot but i i generally like there's been some tournaments where like i almost i almost cried mm-hmm. you know i think like any in like almost any sport when you put your whole life into it and you come up to this moment and you fall short i think that can hit you a little hard yeah no, definitely, especially from especially um, someone who's who's had a journey like you have had, 
you know, because, you know, obviously you're passionate about this sport and you love it, number one, right? But when you kind of use it as the, as the new, like, base for your life, like you're saying, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it means that much more, you know? I mean, and people could even look at here in the studio if I can throw out something that's relatable, um, where I have made the conscious effort in my life to dedicate painting fish, right? Now, I'm also an artist for the United States, but you know, whoever watches a show understands that, you know, like I can paint and draw like whatever, people, cars, you know, doesn't matter, abstract, textural things, you know. So, But I choose to paint fish. It's not that that's the only thing, you know, because that's what I'm most passionate about. And, and that that's what I love the most. I, I've I've wanted to do that ever since I was a kid, just to have my own marine life art studio. Um, for hell or high water, caution of the wind, or whatever you say, that's what that's what I want. Um, in the art world, it's probably not the most highbrow, you know what I mean, art topic or subject matter there is, but I really don't care. That that's not what it's about to me. To me, it's about how I feel inside, you know, and how I want to put that out on paper or canvas or whatever, you know. So I can kind of understand where you're coming from with revolving your entire life because at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, I got a family and everything. I got my wife and my kids and everything. But from a professional standpoint, like that's it for me. You know, there's like for the rest of my life, that's I'm all in on the fish. You know, there's there's no other plan B. Right. There's no thing beyond this there's no like yeah i'm gonna do this for 10 years maybe i'll sell all the content sell the studio and open up a hardware store it's like no 100 you know fishing is an art right i compare the two a lot yeah when i'm at home when i'm not out on the water fishing is definitely an art working i'm uh at home rigging Mm -hmm. and kind of like how i gave those guys a shout out before you know, I got to give a shout out to like Ron Mitchell from Team Bandit from Suzuki Pro Team because he taught me about the live baiting. Mm-hmm. Carl Torson from Slob City who just won. Yeah, shout out to Carl. Good job in that last tournament. Do those guys work their tail off mm-hmm. and, and and like Mike Wood. Um, you had Mike Wood for that tournament. A couple mm-hmm. of really good guys. Yeah, we've got Rory on the show too. Yeah, Rory Cam. Yeah, and uh, real good dude. Those guys taught me the the live baiting, and then. Um, that's like an art form in itself with the kite fishing and stuff like that. And then uh, Scotty Fawcett's younger brother, Scotty Fawcett, runs off the chain up in Stewart. And up there we do a lot of dredge fishing, mm-hmm. sail fishing, dead bait fishing. I think Art, art was from Fort Pierce or, or fished a lot up there too. But um, his younger brother Eric was my roommate, and he taught me like how to properly rig a ballyhoo and do all these different kind of dead bait mm-hmm. rigs. And it's an art form. To do this, so I got to give credit where where, where credits due, and, and guys like uh, Captain VJ Bell and and Pat Price, like I looked up to these guys and tried. I love to, VJ. Yeah, he's such a nice. He really is nice guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. The um, you know, and to that point also of the things you're talking about with, you know, the live baiting techniques and and all that. If if you've seen the tournament talk editions of of this show, and if anyone's watching now. Go back and watch some of those tournament talk episodes and watch all the ones moving forward because, you know, Art and Skipper actually, they're laying some knowledge down that I'm actually surprised that they talk about in the public forum sometimes some of the things that they reveal about their techniques and their methods. Um, So if anyone's 
aspiring to understand about live baiting, especially because that's primarily what they do. Um, yeah, that that's a good way to pay attention. I follow and I watch. See what like fishing or I think anything in life. I think I found like the hidden code. Mm-hmm. Find someone that's good or the best at it. Follow them around. Mm-hmm. Do what they do, and that's what I did in fishing, and that's why I wanted to stick with freelancing because fish different inlets, different captains, different rigs, different styles, mm-hmm. and all I'm doing, and and that's why I give these shout out to these people because I didn't make up any of this stuff. So me, I don't take any uh, uh, credit for like anything mm-hmm. because all I did was copy what the best guys are doing and, and they were nice enough to, to hand this knowledge down. And that in itself is worth thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars because with the knowledge that, that these men passed down to me, which I'm so grateful for, for the guys I mentioned before, um, because you can win tournaments with that knowledge. You can start a charter business with that knowledge. You can have fun on the weekend with your kids with that knowledge, you know? So, those guys are like, and then they learned from somebody. Mm-hmm. So it got passed down. But there's also that competitiveness where you can't put everything out there. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that's that's um, that's what they say. Like, the, the, I think uh, when Rocky and um, Apollo Creed were going to do their fake fight, the, the little sparring fight, Yeah, Apollo once says, you know, you know, I, I may have taught you everything you know, but I haven't taught you everything that I know kind of thing. You know, which, which is, you know, probably the case there. With guys like Hart, you know, we've discussed it before. We're like, you know, experience is the greatest teacher. Better than any any college degree that you could ever receive. Um, bar none. Um, you can get a book education all you want, but until you actually go through the motions. And when I um, ran that department, uh, when I was a creative director in the music business, um, I had about, at one point, I had 20 designers working underneath me. And I would hire a lot of entry-level designers um, that would come in. And the first thing I would tell them is, don't take offense to this, but you don't know anything. You think you're a hot shot coming out of school and you got this smashing portfolio. It's a, That's what got you in the door, right? Your education begins now. That's what I would always tell them. Mm. And I'm like, I have no problem being your teacher. Consider this your master's degree, and it's called job. Okay, so you're going to work hard, and you're going to learn a lot of new things. Some of them didn't really like the fact that I said that. They thought they were, you know, their shit didn't stink. Come out you know, of art school thinking all the, you know, art school is really weird because you do have a tendency a lot of times to get these teachers going, oh, you're going to come out, and you're going to make all this money, and you're going to great be this great job, and you're going to be a rock star designer, and all, like, all these things like that. And I basically try to tell them as much as I can, like leave that ego at the door because I'm about to teach you some things that, you know, you didn't know you needed to know yet. You know, and sure enough, a lot of them would come back and be like, well, that's right. I thought I knew this and I then now I, I understand. And, and then some people would just let their ego get the better of them. Right. Walk the other way. And you see you that know, in anything in th- life. That's right? my point. Yeah. That's my, I'm bringing up my parallel, right. You know, to bring up an example of, of what we're talking about there. But, a guy like Art Sapp, well, like he may say, "Oh yeah, we're gonna lose. We're gonna use a smaller hook on the long, you know what I mean, on the left long or whatever like that for whatever reason." Right. Um, but it may be 
3.30 on day two of a tournament. And the water ripples a certain way and the wind kicks up a certain way. And a guy like that who has so much experience on the water, we be like, oh, I remember the last time that happened, it really went off this way or in this spot. I'm going to go there right now. And that's how guys like that, you see them on towards the end of the tournament, you see their numbers start. It's spectacular. And when, when everyone else is just standing just still. Talking about when it. everyone else yeah. is just sitting there. And you're like, how the hell is Sandman rising like this so quickly? Why is it just Bar South and Sandman and Native Sun? Well, how come everyone else is just standing still in there? That's why. Experience. Consistency. Dedication to the sport. Right? All that stuff matters. It takes time. And like you said, it's invaluable. Right? So when people do share that knowledge with you, you better listen. Yeah. I, you know? I just pray that I hope I can keep a good attitude, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm new. Maybe that's young, the secret sauce, though. Keeping a good attitude. Yeah. I think it is. Because. Because you can, there's a lot of jaded guys in this business. Yeah. A lot of them. And I think that's their downfall. Well, some people, um, you know, I don't have my captain's license yet not mm-hmm. running a boat they're like what are you doing i'm like i'm i'm just fine i'm learning right now i get to right. fish on a lot of different boats i don't have to be michael jordan i'm fine with being pippin right now you know <laughs> and it gives me more time to learn yeah from these guys and i'll tell you what i a couple of captains that i i learned from coming up in the industry when you're a greenhorn they tore my ass up it wasn't like the new generation type stuff. Like these were old generation where they they scold you in front of clients during a tournament. If there was women, no women, like you got your really? ass chewed out if you made a mistake. Yeah. And it will humble you very quick. And if you think that you know, you can get you know, you know, you can get off the boat right now. And I didn't like those guys at the time because they hurt my feelings. Uh but now I thank them every single day for how hard they were mm-hmm. on me to adjust. And I'm not saying that everyone has to teach that way. I'm just saying that's the way that, that I was taught. And now what I've done with those guys, I can handle almost, I think, a lot of experiences. Yeah, that's good. Out there. From- that's good. Not, well, I guess the point to that, not every moment in your life has to be the moment. There are teaching moments and learning moments. And you have to, Not understand, you have to recognize seems them. Like it's good at the time. Right. See, it, it, it's all about, see, like when I change my life around, what I like to say is I, I found a new set of glasses. Mm-hmm. I viewed the world differently in myself. Right. So like that, in that moment, I'm like, I can't work for this guy anymore. He's just, he's, he's off the chain. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? He's crazy. Now with my new pair of glasses, I look back on that experience and be like, dude, thank you for being hard. Mm-hmm. on me because I understand what you were going through and how much you were trying to teach me and how much your business is invested on me making mistakes or not making mistakes or being responsible for your boat, for your livelihood, for your family. There's a lot riding on sure these guys. Now I understand. But some guys are also just assholes. Yeah. I'm There is that too, you yeah. know, where it's just like you're, you're just unreasonably just a bitter yeah. prick. You know, yeah. There's no getting around that sometimes. So, I mean, sometimes it's not always the teaching moment, but... I think you can still learn from those guys too. You can learn from the bad just as much as the good. Right. It's all experience. Right. I had a boss once to bring up a parallel to this. Um, we were working in the company 
and I was moving up, moving up, and I had a whole department to myself. And I was kind of staged to take the next level in my executive growth, right? And and this isn't, I own my own business now. I own my own art studio. My dream is fulfilled. Like, I have no regrets about this scenario. But at the time, I was starting a family. I thought that corporate life mattered and everything like that. I'm so happy that I'm, like, over that in my life, over that mindset mm-hmm. of being controlled by corporate America. Because even though I worked in the music Same. business, right, even though I worked in the music industry, it was still a corporation. It was a very large company. I love all the people that work there. I really do. I had, I have great, and I still do have great relationships at that company. Um, but I was poised to take the next step in my executive growth, like to go from like senior creative director to like a VP of whatever, you know, and, and at the time I thought that's what I wanted or needed in my life. Looking back on it now, it's not what I needed or wanted at all. So when we get a new CEO replacement, which I was like, damn it. And now this new CEO doesn't know me. Right. And I'm going to have to redo all this stuff again and all the groundwork I laid with the previous CEO. And I was, you know, going to get promoted and all this stuff like that. Now I got to prove myself to a brand new guy. And I was bitter, right? And I probably wasn't myself. And I would go to the meetings and I'll be like, you know, whatever. And I was, you know, now I go, whatever, right? So he sits me down and one of my employees, we had the employee reviews, sits me down. And he goes, you know, your attitude can be a little better. Mm. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> because historically speaking, and this is no bullshit, in that company, I had the best attitude. I was almost had a reputation of being like a good attitude employee, right. like all the time. He that said that right first, off the rip. Yeah, first time I ever heard that about myself in my professional career. Mm. And I took it the wrong way. And he goes, "Listen, he goes, I'm going to tell you something. He goes, I don't care how you look at me right now. And this is probably the one of the most important professional speeches I was ever given. He goes, I don't care how you're going to view me right now. I really don't. You may think I'm a complete dick." He says it just like that, straight up in, 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 my, in my, my review. He goes, but I'm saying this for you, not for me. He goes, you know, give me this. He gave me the whole speech about you know, attitude and, you know, how it relates to people and everything like that. I'm like, how can you say that to me? You don't even know me, blah, 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 whatever. Six months later, I left the company, Right. And he goes, one day he's like, you, this may, you're not going to think about this now as being helpful. He goes, one day you're going to look back and be like, this conversation was very important to me mm-hmm. and it was very helpful. And I'm like, whatever, you know, I was very bitter after that whole meeting or anything. But sure enough, years later, I look back on it. I'm like, you know, he was right. And it took a lot for me to kind of find that humble moment and say that. You know, and oh, I yeah. probably didn't articulate the way he kind of said that story to me, you know, because it's a very long story, and I don't want to kind of get go down that road too far. But sure enough, he was right. And I even Facebook messaged him recently, and I said, you know, you said that, and he was, and he kind of just like gave me a thumbs up and a wink, and he goes, You're, you'll be fine, blah, blah, you know, all this stuff like that. But I think you got to really find your humbling moments like that and understand that just because you got yelled at one day or reprimanded one day, it, you can turn it into a productive moment right. if you're looking at it the right way. I guess that's all I'm trying to say about it. A hundred percent. It taught me a lot. I mean, there's no HR department on the boat. You can't right. go like complain, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's this way or, 
or the highway. And there's there's certain things that are unacceptable that cross the line. There are those times, like what you said. Yeah. I, uh, some guys are just uh, not very nice. But uh, I think it's a really good learning lesson, and I think it builds character. Mm-hmm. Um, to a certain extent, like I said, there's lines that, that I don't care if you're the president of the United States or a, a billionaire that uh, – if if you cross that line, then I don't. I, I will discontinue our relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think there's some some great moments. Like um, sometimes I got to tone it down a little bit when I fish with like friends, um, and we're like fun fishing because I'm so like I'm still in tournament mode. Mm-hmm. You know, so what I find, and, and I'll get honest, you know, on a podcast in front of a room full of people. Because I think the first level is to get honest about it, and then you can change your ways a little bit. I think you got to be honest. Is that uh, changing that gear from going from like tournament mode or anything in life, and taking a step back and just just breathing? Because I've been told, or I can see that the same things that I've done to like my friends or someone with like let's say less experience than me was the same thing that those guys that I didn't like what the captains were doing when they mm-hmm. were yelling at me. And when you lay your head down at night. I think about those things and it, and it would, it would hurt me a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. does that make any sense? Yeah, definitely. So the same thing. And it's like, it's just so crazy how that works, isn't it? Yeah. It's so crazy. It, it's, I mean, I think what it comes down to is, you know, the experience gives you perspective, right? Um, but you got to take that with you. You can't forget, you know, that, yeah. that moment. You know, and you got to recognize it when it happens. I mean, the next time, you know, and, and just keep like, like life is one big overlap of that, you know, ongoing, ongoing, ongoing. You got to keep like learning and keep like almost evolving, you know, and that goes for, you know, in a tactile way, it, it, it is in a spiritual way, um, in a giving back way, you know, um, operationally speaking, like how you conduct yourself, mm-hmm. you know, just the little things, you know, you, like the minutia of your, of your daily day, you always try to improve on that. Right. You know, and you know, it's all just, it's all just living, man. You know, and at the end of the day, I think you just need to be productive, you know, find some peace within yourself and not do harm to others. You know, I think if you can find like your happiness, like using that as a basis, then I think you'd be all right. Yeah. You know, really. Try to be as professional as possible, especially in yeah, but your you, industry, this industry. I mean, image does have something. For sure. I mean, but you, you know, you don't want to sell yourself short um, with your core value of who you are. Right. You know, and your character. You don't want to definitely don't want to sell your shit, your character short um, by being too professional to, to the point where it's not genuine or authentic right. because that's the authenticity. So goes what I was talking about way. my social media, like people are like, you do a lot of goofy stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, well, that's, that's me. Yeah. You know, and I actually had someone tell me that they're like, do you want to be an ambassador for this product? And then the, the company said that my content's too weak and it didn't hurt my feelings or. Mm-hmm. or anything like that, but, like, my product's, like, Jeff's. It's real. Right. This is, like, real stuff, and it was funny because I was on a boat, and they had the product on the boat, and this planer wouldn't trip right, and I told the captain, I said, 
if whatever doesn't work, I'm throwing it in the water. I was like, I'll do it on film. Like, don't make me pro staff because if the product isn't what I, I can't portray a product as something good if it's not good and I can't use it. And I, I, mm-hmm. I took this product and, and, and I threw it right in front yeah. of everyone. I threw it right in the ocean. And I don't feel sorry for that because I'm not going to put a product out there and tell people to buy something when, when I wouldn't use it. Yeah. myself so like the authenticities you know what kind yeah, of what you, you got to make about? sure that pro staff stuff is worth it too for you yeah you know what i mean because if you got to have the right you're talking about perspective you got to have the right perspective on that too like is this something that i'm getting value out of right or is this just something that's trying to change my image to make me something i i want people to think that i am right you know there's all this you know and it's a fine line with that pro staff stuff because you know and Talk about authentic authenticity, you know. If it's not authentic, people can see right through it, man. Right. You know, they, they really can, and that's that's going to harm you. You know, and, and you, at the, at the end of the day, you know, you're not going to realize it right away. But like we said, with the lesson that my old CEO taught me, one day you're going to look back and be like, "Yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. That was probably stupid. That wasn't real." You know what I mean? So authenticity is it's a big deal. You know, it's like the yeah, you know, I'm I'm um, a brand ambassador for both Maui Gym and for Olakai, and but part of the reason is because I love those companies. Right. I love the people within those companies, and I'm proud to represent them. You know what I mean? I believe in their products, um, you know, but I also believe in their philosophies and their mantras. Right, and it's just a good fit for me personally, and I think that's why you, anyone should do it. You know, I don't you know think that there's necessarily make that decision based upon trying to fake it till you make it kind of thing, I guess is, you know, the best way I can say that. I, I can tell you a quick story on Mm -hmm. something on this topic, you know, someone that I love working with that you've had on the show, bombshell Mark. Mm -hmm. So the Pelagic girls team would have me out for tournaments. And obviously that has to do with like social media and, and marketing. And there'll be some people on my social media uh, giving flack, you know, everyone's got opinions out there, especially mm-hmm. for these huge Instagram, Facebook influencers, such as, you know, bombshell or the other, or the other girls. And, and I put my foot down to that because they treated me with the most respect of any boat I've ever worked on. And, and they're super nice. Michelle's to me. awesome, dude. Like she really is She's like, awesome. so not even, yeah. just, not even just, you know, with her social media profile being yeah. like personally, I mean, she's awesome. She's, she's, such a she's, cool, she's so nice. Yeah. She's so cool. Like she really is. I mean, that's my dog, dude. Yeah, yeah. Dude, she she's great. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I put my foot down. I put an end, put an end to that because um, there was like a video coming in when we were coming in a tournament. and The girls were doing like makeup on the boat. Mm-hmm. And I explained to people, that's their job, right? Okay, that's that's their job, and for some of them, that's how they make their living mm-hmm. and whatnot. And I think a lot of it's jealousy, you know, but I, I got to meet those people behind the social media and some of the nicest, awesome, yep. awesome people out there, you know? Yep. So I, I had to tell that story, you know, you know, thanks Michelle and Mark. He's a super funny dude. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, no, and he'll, cool. he'll say what he thinks on, yep. on social media too. So I gotta, gotta give him credit where, where mm-hmm. credit's due, but Maui Jim he's story. A professional, he's a professional clown knife fisherman now. Oh, you know, what's crazy. <laughs> I've never caught a peacock. Sorry, I know you're going to appreciate it. I just said that, Mark. Well, 
I've never caught a peacock bass, but I've caught a clown. Oh, really? Fish, yeah. Yeah, peacocks yeah. are some of my favorites. So, um, with Team Bandit, uh, Maui Jim would come out and like Ray Marine and stuff, and mm-hmm. they they gave us sunglasses. I was like, oh, dude, two hundred, three hundred dollar pair of sunglasses, like this is big time. And I dropped it in the marina <laughs> in Stewart the day after I got the sunglasses. Okay. And I didn't have the balls to tell. I think the guy's name was Jim. He was like one of the guys. Maui Jim? Yeah. <laughs> well, not. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it was uh, Maui Jim. The Maui Jim could have been. I don't know. Yeah. He was actually in the water and he came up with the sunglasses. <laughs> and I, I didn't have in the parrot feathers. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't have the balls to tell him that I lost his sunglasses. So I feel terrible and I went and bought some ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. But I was too scared to tell anyone oh. that I lost his three hundred dollar <laughs> pair of sunglasses. So you only had them for one day. You can't give me nice stuff. I I, <laughs> I, I destroy things. Um, and like the whole pro staff thing. Like, if I want a cooler, I'm gonna go buy a cooler. But like, here's the thing. Like, um, I guess I'm just not cool enough to get anyone that wants to give me anything. But <laughs> I'm not a rich guy, so like, I'm not gonna say no to like a Yeti cooler. Right. I'm not gonna say no to this or that. But you know, the freedom of what I get to do. And kind of like what Jeff talks about. And this is just my experience. This isn't anyone else's experience. It's 2020. Like, if you don't talk in I statements, you chap asses. But because uh, everyone thinks it's like pointed towards them. Is that like, I, I like the freedom of if I like this, I'm going to go and buy it and use it. Mm-hmm. If I like that, I'm going to go buy it and use it. You know what I mean? But yeah. uh, I am not rich. Um, obviously, this is a, a, a rich man's sport, like the tournament stuff. So I 100% appreciate what sponsors do for this sport. Uh, what they do for guys like us, mm-hmm. what they do for anyone, I, I 100% am, am, am all for. So don't I don't want anyone to take that sure. out of context because I can't go by. Yeah, that no, kind I'm of not stuff. trying to knock anyone. Yeah. I'll never try to knock anyone. I'm just saying it's got to be, um, it's got to be form fitted for your life. Yeah, you know, and it's got to work. It's got to be a mutual kind of thing, you know, and, for any kind of promotion yeah. to happen. You want to know what else is pretty cool this week? Our team leaves. To go fishing, I'm not going to mention names, but we have three guys on our boat going to go fishing who've had a past like mine, and there's going to be over 20 years of sobriety on our fishing team. Really, out there between three of us, and we're and we're all in our young 30s. Wow, early 30s. That's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So it's just admirable. I thought that was pretty cool, and um, like guys like us are blessed enough to be able to do stuff like that and people have helped us along the way and we get to return that and try to help other people so shout out to Railman 3 we just got a new 39 uh contender Frank and Nick Frasca mm-hmm. um up in uh Palm Beach and uh with Quad Mercury 400s wow um also awesome, it's slow. awesome guys yeah super slow <laughs> i get scared on that thing that's I, quad 400s i get uh even on their their 36 that they had i think yeah. which had trips I was so scared. Was, yeah. I, like, they even, you know, they, they drive their trucks like that too. And I'm just like, oh my God, I'm going to get an Uber. That's what, uh, I'm Har- get a bicycle. That's what Harris has on his 48 Intrepid. It's four cousins squad 425 to the Omaha's. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's funny because I went, we talk about, um, you know, the, the tensions of tournament and the rigors of working on a boat and everything like that. Sometimes, sometimes you just need to find, the relaxation and joy of just being out on the water and appreciating that, um, you know, 
this past Friday, I went fishing with Harris. I didn't post anything on social media. It was just him and I, and just for this, we just needed the day out together, mm-hmm. half day. I'll be honest, we just trolled and just laid back. He put the autopilot on. We just hung out and just right. talked a lot. You know what I mean? We didn't catch anything. We didn't work hard. We didn't try to catch anything, really, to be honest with you. We were just kind of, like, rolling around. But it was the therapy that I needed for that particular week. Um, So there's value in that. 100%. You know, and I want people out there that maybe you're listening to this. Um, You know, you don't need to be fishing tournaments, and you don't need to be busting your ass on the boat um, to become connected by water and enjoying the little things about this lifestyle, you know, or, you know, this industry or whatever you want to call it. You know, so, um, and I think it's important to keep that perspective of understanding that every now and then you're going to take a picture of that sunset because it looks cool or, or that sunrise, like when you're first coming out of the inliner, you know, and th- th- there's a reason behind that. That's why I you're there. I live for that. I yeah. live for that. You know, and then, uh, you know, you got to appreciate the lapping of the water on the hull when you're coming out of the inlet, you know, and just understanding that that is not ground. You know, I'm happy to be here. Thank God for those moments in your life and, you know, all that sentimental kind of stuff, you know, understanding that you don't want to take for granted that you're on a $500,000, boat, you know, that's not yours and you're fortunate to be there and, you know, the live at $10 a goggle eye or whatever the case may be. It's so easy to get ungrateful. Yeah. And I'll be honest, like, that's why... I want. I just wanted to be completely honest on your show because I think that is what kind of connected by water is. It's kind of mm-hmm. like because I want to be honest about the tournament fishing and yeah. how it can be or, or my life or something like that. And just maybe other people start getting honest and then it'll help other people out in their lives. But like it is super easy to get caught up in the moment and just yep. in life in general, not just fishing, whether it's tournaments or not, but just to be like when I go to the Bahamas sometimes, it's nice when I don't get any internet Mm-hmm. because I'll be able to sit on a rock in the morning and watch the sunset come up. And it was a day that they didn't want to go fishing because it was too rough, and it was just what I needed at that moment with no internet, no phone, sitting on a rock in the Bahamas watching the sunset come up. And it brings me, it centers me, it humbles me. It brings yeah. me back to life in the moment, and that's what spirituality is about. It's what's happening right now. Yep. Not about what I can't control in the future or what I couldn't have controlled in the past. That's you know, great. That's, that's great. And, you know, I have to roll my eyes, too, at the people that open their mouths and make fun of other people in the water. Um, some guys, sometimes it's warranted and justified, but, you know what I mean? <laughs> but a lot of times it's like, you know, is that, a, is that a time where you need to take the perspective of, hey, we all started somewhere, you know, and you know, rather than just flat out ripping everybody all the time. Right. That's also what Connected by Water is all about, too, you know, is being a good steward of the community in the proper way. So. I always wondered why that kind of was. I mean, it's maybe because I'm not from here. But uh, don't get me wrong. I make fun of people. But uh, <laughs> Well, then you, what, what, what happened? I don't want to mess up okay. your point here, but I just keep forgetting to bring this up. What's that video that you posted? You had like a bunch of dudes on the bow. Like, I don't know, man. It was like during COVID or whatever, and there was like six guys oh, like yeah, up that, on the bow. I don't know. What was that all about? And I was yelling at them the reel. Was it? I don't know, man. They were all like taking selfies up on the. Yeah, they were fighting a shark. Yeah, they were fighting a shark. 
So we can have fun of that. But they had a blast. They had a blast, right? We took a mahi fishing, sail fishing, and they wanted to catch a shark. And they had a blast to that shark. But like, see, my my social media, it's not. I'm not like really, really making fun of them. But like the mute, I was like dancing kind of, yeah. and I was like, yeah. yeah, I wasn't. It was more showing like a good time. It was fun. It was, it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was funny. You yeah, know? I mean, it's like you know, like, you know, at one point, like we were those kids on the bow that were just all like hanging out with their buddies. Maybe they just wanted to just go out and have a good yeah. time with their friends and catch a bunch of fish. And, you know, it doesn't always have to be this, like, yeah. I can't really make fun of too many people because it wasn't that long ago. I was calling captains in Florida, like, yo, dude, you got a shark charter? And they'll be like, no, we don't. Don't you want to catch, like, a mahi or a sailfish? Yeah. Like, not too long ago, I, I had a bicycle with a rod rack on the back of it, and I drove it around. I didn't even have a car. And I would go to the bridges and catch snook, and snook was my meal for the the day. You know what I call that? What? Passion. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. It's true. Because you could have easily have just not done that and just watched TV all day, or collected unemployment or and whatever. felt terrible. But I would get rice from Walmart and I would catch snook. That's why I can't really eat snook that much, right? Anymore because that's how I survived in my early years here in Florida. I would catch snook and put it in my book bag, go to Seven Eleven, get some ice out of like they have like these beer tub mm-hmm. things in Seven Eleven, and I would. Put some scrape some into my book bag with a with a dead snook in it, and then I'd get a bag of rice because it's real cheap, and that's how I would eat. Wow, that's how that's how I survived my this first. Is when you were here. living on park benches, no, not on. That was only for like a week. Okay, you know, thank uh, God. I don't like the uh, uh, pain or uh, not having an address, right? And leaves in my hair and stuff like that. Yeah, it's not fun. I, I didn't, so that didn't last long. But yeah. I had to get honest with people from where I was at so on and so forth years ago to how blessed and fortunate and the people that I surround myself and the people that surround themselves with me yeah, and try to bring a message of hope um, to somebody. And it may affect a future business opportunity, but if they judge me upon that, it's completely fine. They're allowed to, mm-hmm. you know, but it just, it wasn't meant to be. And that's my philosophy in life. Well, I think it's an interesting story. I think it's, you know, it's, um, you know, the path that's made you who you are today. You know, I like who's sitting in front of me. Um, And, you know, I think it's very interesting that this fishing life, you know, has been something of value to you to where it could lift you up and put you on like a new path Mm -hmm. for life. And, you know, and there's, there's a lot of pride I'm sure that you have for that. Um, and we feel pride for you, you know, for that, you know, so it's awesome. You know, and I appreciate you coming in and opening up about that today and, you know, telling us all about that and learning about you and, um, you know, and I was impressed with it all, you know, for certain, you know, I know we did a lot of fishing talk today, um, more than I usually do, but we always try to get a little bit underneath that, you know, and, um, you know, so Thanks for opening up about all that stuff. No, you're you're welcome. Thanks for having me. I, I'm always an advocate to do. Doesn't have to be fishing. To whatever you have a passion, right? Or I used to watch those uh, YouTube motivational videos. Mm-hmm. It sounds so corny. Like quit your job today, do what you love to do. Like all the successful like Denzel Washington videos and stuff. Yeah. And I I woke up one morning and I did it. I was so scared. So I'm a huge advocate to go chase whatever hey. you love. I had a really good career that I just walked away from. Yeah. To, to open this place. 
yeah. with one room. I was telling you before we started the show, one room down the hall. 100%. You know, where I didn't really have that money to open up to have my own studio. I was going to work out of the house, but here we are today. 100%. But, like, thank you for having me. And yeah. able to sit in the same chair that some I'm gonna some, have goats, to, some giants have yeah. sat. Like, I remember Skip Dane, I was, I was going out on a charter one day with my friends, and I was like, Skip, I probably don't even know who I am, you know? He messaged me on Facebook, and he's like, hey, I've been following you, and he's like, just keep up the good work, kid. Skip's cool, dude. And I was man. like, I held my phone up in the air in the middle of the ocean, like, do, do you guys believe you just messaged me, you know? And I, I just hope I can remain to have a good attitude, remain teachable and open-minded, and mm-hmm. hopefully make an impact in not only the fishing career, but in, in life in general. And just for you guys to have me out and talk to me is just is just huge. And, and I already gave all the shout-outs covering, you know, thanks to everyone else. So I yeah. just... Honestly, it's good stuff, man. Yeah. It's good stuff. And I, I will just add one thing with, about Skip Dana. Like, he is a good navigator of who is a genuine person. He really is. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's a real talent that he has. You know, he's, he's a good guy. Genuine himself, obviously. So, cool, man. So, what's next for you? You're on your way to St. Augustine? St. Augustine. Um, the Zen might be leaving a little bit because it's tournament time, and I'm going to be yeah. getting fired up. <laughs> Uh, right. but I'm going to do our best. We're bringing a goon squad up to St. Augustine, and we're leaving at probably like 2 o'clock in the morning. We'll be bait fishing, yep. uh, pre-fishing, and um, I need a new truck, so hopefully we can win a couple bucks or something mm-hmm. like that, and maybe right. I'll have to go see your sponsors. and Got to go see Joey. Got to go see yeah. Dean. I've heard, Definitely. Re- heard really good things, and then um, some Bahamas tuna fishing, some yellowfin fishing. Oh, nice. And then uh, What's up with... Um with the, with Dave's, he's getting rid of the limit out. Yeah, he moved to London. What? You didn't know that? I didn't know that. Well, I mean, yeah, it's not not like news, but yeah, he moved to London. He got offered a job. He couldn't refuse. So oh he's selling goodness. the he's selling the boat. I was wondering why the boat was up for sale. Thirty nine contender, fully loaded. If anyone's interested, um, I'll so send you let's pictures. let's throw that up there, John. Yeah. So it's because it, it really is a is it a brand new Sea Hunter? Brand new. It's a, it's a year old. I'm the one who maintained it. And, yeah. and and kept up with it, or I helped. Right, so we know it's in pretty good condition. As I, that's the only thing I'm good for is cleaning a good yeah, boat. And, and I can say Dave, Dave's real straight up guy, but but like I mean, talking about with like just taking care of his things and keeping things right. So you to, know that boat's going to be in to great a condition. T. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's um it's got you know trip Yamaha the new ones. I think it's the uh, drawing a blank here. It's like the the four twenty fives. Four twenty fives. Yeah, and uh, it's got joystick on it. It's it's just fully loaded. Yeah, you can't see those. You can't do anything yeah. else to it, and it's at um, Sea Hunter in Key Largo, and you can go take it for take it for a ride. Yeah, uh, all right. If we'll, you want, we'll throw throw that up and give a little shout maybe, out maybe to we'll, that. We'll, we'll call Dave, and all three of us will go down there, and we'll go. He hasn't left Stay. yet. No, no, he's in London. I still talk to him. Yeah, all he right. lives vicariously through through us, through the mm-hmm. phone calls, and through social media. But we'll have to tell him we need to go test drive his. See Hunter, we'll go take the thirty. The three of us will go take the thirty nine out and go catch the mahi down there. Yeah, ready when you are. So let yeah. me know. I'm in. Yeah, you want to come? John always <laughs> wants to come. We had we had we had um, John Van Dellen, the captain of the Singularis, on um, last week, and um, you know I was like, oh, if you need me to be a stowaway for the big rock tournament, you know, let me know. And John's That's like, yeah, you got the two stowaways. <laughs> <laughs> So. I'll make the sandwiches for someone in the Big Rock or the White Marlin Open or something yep. like that. Yeah, right on, right on. Cool, man. All right, so we're we're gonna 
we're going to exit plan here. So thanks for coming out, brother. Thanks for having me. It's definitely an honor and a privilege. Yeah, right on, bro. Uh, your ego is not your amigo. <laughs> Always do your best and let God do the rest. Always buy all your vehicles at Joey Cardi Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. If you do go down there, remember, go see my buddy Dean. Tell him I sent you. He will hook you up. All right. I also want to remind you, go to connectedbywater.com for all your marine life creative needs. And also support our friends at Papa's Raw Bar. Uh, they are open. We went there the other day. Uh, with there's a, Oh, there's a brand new menu on the Papa's menu. It's a brand new sushi menu. And it says it's a Connected by Water sushi mm. inspired by Connected by Water Defrial. It says it right on there in the menu. Maybe John can throw that picture up there. I put it on the last one, too. I don't know if you saw we that. Are the, we are the sushi menu at Papa's Raw Bar. So they're open. They're doing great. Uh, Cassie and Troy got it dialed in. Everything's clean and sanitary. The staff is amazing. The food is, as you know, incredible. Go check them out and support them. All right. Um, any more shout outs I need to do? That's you, it. You right? covered them. I covered them. All right. No matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, we're always connected by water. Taro DeFusco, thank you very much, brother. Thanks, boys. Yep.